Welcome to TMZ Live. Harvey Levin here. Charles here. So, uh, a war just erupted, it turns out. We did not see this coming, but last night, Justin Timberlake um, made it clear he ain't apologizing to Britney Spears or anyone else, and she has now gone in the attack. Yes, so this started uh, during Justin's one-night-only show in New York City last night. Uh, Invite-only uh, fans basically won tickets, but uh, during the show... He kind of teased people. Obviously, everyone, all his fans know. Oh, you, look at this fans, a, you look at this as a tease? The way, he, the way he delivered it. Because all the fans know what the Britney fans have been saying. Um, and we should just they explain. trolled him. We should just explain. If, if you haven't heard this yet. How can they not have heard this? Well, I'm just in case. All right, just in case. Britney wrote a book. And in the book, she says that at 19 years old, she got pregnant. Justin was 19, too. He was the father. He talked to her and said, look, we're too young. We shouldn't have a baby. They talked. She said they agreed that she would get an abortion. Um, she said, had it not been Justin, who was the dad, it was somebody else, maybe I would have had the baby. But she never blamed him right. she didn't and blame said he him. bullied right. her. But a lot of her, lot fans, of her fans took fans that line as right. he's the villain, and they've been going after him, trolling him, especially since he released new music. So, Sorry if during you heard his it show, already. <laughs> so during his show, uh, here is what he had to say. This is a, a line to the Britney fans. You know who he took that from, right? Uh, Conor McGregor. Conor right? McGregor. Uh huh. That's the line. Yeah. Well, not going to apologize to blank and nobody. Uh, message received by Britney's fans, and more importantly, Britney, who responded this morning after seeing that clip, saying, "Someone told me someone was talking blank about me on the streets. Do you want to bring it to the court, or will you go home crying to your mom like you did last time?" I'm not sorry. Now, help me with the mom part. The the image that she uh, used with that with that uh, post was a basketball hoop. And remember, she posted something last I think it was last month where she said um, that she and Brit she and Justin would play basketball together when they were dating, and that she beat him, and that he went home crying about it. Oh. And that's what she meant by court. She didn't mean the legal courts. Well, well, some people think <laughs> that it yeah. actually might mean, it could mean both. Obviously, she posted a photo of the basketball hoop and most likely meant basketball court, but could also mean legally. There's no legal. There's no legal nothing. So it's no legal. So it's basketball. Right. Well, here's the thing. Fans are <laughs> livid at Justin Timberlake. He is the most hated person today. Um, and this is all because he said that he's not apologizing when he too. just had apologized just a few years ago, both to Janet and to Britney. This seems to be directed at Britney, but a lot of Janet Jackson fans are also upset, thinking that he's taking back his apology to her as well. Mm. And keep in mind, today is the 20 year anniversary of when Janet and Justin performed that infamous Super Bowl halftime performance together, where Janet really took some heat because of the, the yeah. wardrobe malfunction, and he was, he was skating by just fine. That is really poor timing on his part. To it say is, that the day is. that it happens to be the anniversary, it, I think this is more about it's about Britney fans, right? Of course, it's because about the Britney fans remember trolled him so hard when his song "Selfish" came out. By they trolled him by 
by streaming one of Britney's streaming songs. Streaming her called, song called Selfish. Right. So it's clearly about Britney. I mean, I agree with you. But what could he, he can't say, I'm taking back the Britney apology, but the one for Janet Sticks. You could make the argument that. that he could just say nothing. Don't say that line. You know how it's going to be received. And that's why I think he did it intentionally, knowing he, it would get more attention for the fact that he had this show in New York last night. He needs the attention. But, uh, but, we but, talked but, about but, how but, 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 his hold on. single is not hold, doing hold, that well. Hold on. I think he is saying this not to Britney Spears. He's saying it to her fans. Yes. And there's a difference. The ones who trolled him. There's right. a di the ones who trolled him. So I think it's clearly targeted at the fans. And he's kind of sick of it. My name is Misha and I'm from Dallas, Texas. And I just think the Britney fans need to get over it. I feel yeah. as though Justin was actually probably being more honest about how he probably really feels. And I don't really think he was really sorry about the Janet Jackson situation either. And I think he was just kind of like, you guys. And I'm going to be honest about how I really feel. And so the fans just got to get over it. There's a difference between Brittany and Janet in this. There is a big yes. difference between the two. Huge difference. There is. Okay, we're going to move on. Yes, to Taylor Swift, who is um, trying to, well, she's got something up her sleeve. <laughs> we don't know exactly what it is, but we know what it's named. And that is TaylorCon. Uh, what she has up her sleeve is a trademark application uh, that she has filed to lock up that name, TaylorCon, um, for just about everything that she could possibly merchandise, including a new album, um, but it's not about a new album. It's, we, we know it is not about a new album. We have This is about commerce. That. This is definitely about commerce. So Yeah, you guys, so basically what's going on is that fans of Taylor Swift have organized this convention, they're calling it TaylorCon. It has nothing to do with Taylor. She's not affiliated. Her team's not affiliated. It's just a bunch of fans of hers doing a TaylorCon in Dallas, and apparently there's going to be another one in another state in December. So these TaylorCons are happening. They're renting out spaces. They're doing these conventions, and they're going to get together, dance, celebrate Taylor, whatever. But it seems that Taylor and her team are seeing this and preemptively jumping in and saying, Okay, you're not going to sell merchandise with Taylor's name on it because we're trademarking this. That's what she did. Her team has filed for the trademark for TaylorCon. They want to they slap it on everything, potentially, or have the rights to slap it on everything, like merchandise, shirts, wardrobe, what have you, um, including music, including digital stuff, computer stuff. So at first, I was like, oh my gosh, is this like a new album of hers? Because that's normally what people do when they got a new album yeah. rolling out. She did that for Midnight's. But so we're hearing, like you guys are alluding to, Nothing to do with that at all. It seems like a preemptive step to just stop these Taylor fans from like using her name, and by making the way, money off her name. We should say these Taylor cons, um, it's not just that single one. They're going to be a few of them, and they, they've actually done these in previous years. So it seems like it's building and that they're, they're spreading out and they're going to be more and more of them. And at some point, if you're Taylor Swift, you go like, all right, if it's one off, you let the fans do it. But now if it becomes a bigger thing. She's got to realize, her team has got to realize that there's going to be someone who's going to try to make a lot of money and, and selling. And they're basically, what I'm right. gleaning is they're protecting her interests, which is right. fine. She's yeah. a, she's a yeah. huge star. And look, she's more popular than ever, literally right now. Like literally at the height of her, her, her fame and popularity. So yeah, you got to step in and protect yourself. By the there, way, but we got to say Taylor. We got to get, we got to get to uh, Capitol Hill now because, yes, because Taylor Swift's reach goes far and wide. Uh, and after Donald Trump's people said that uh, they are ready to go to holy war with her over the upcoming election, the presidential election, um, there are people on Capitol Hill who have to choose sides. 
Um, and if you're, <laughs> if you're Representative Tim Burchett from Tennessee, you really got to decide, right? Because Tennessee, Taylor has a home in Nashville. Um, oh, my God. What? Didn't so, she support a senatorial candidate in Tennessee she did. who lost? That's right. And she that's did. He, no, was did it, that can't? I don't think he that's lost That's exactly Tim. what Tim Burchett is commenting on here. We can run the tape and listen to what he has to say. Congressman, one of your constituents from Tennessee, Taylor Swift, everybody is saying she could be a different spake in elections. Should both sides be vowing for her right now to get her on board? Taylor, if you're watching this, you left me when you left country music. Sorry. Just haven't haven't been a fan since then. I apologize, but can't can't go that route. Hey, you know, I, endorsements. You bring your side. It's like a debate. You bring your side. I bring my side. We both leave thinking we won. And endorsements are the same way. You don't pick up friends, just enemies. She got involved in the last last the last cycle. Didn't do so well. So in Tennessee, especially. So I I just don't think of them. I mean, look. she came out strong against Marsha Blackburn, and it didn't go anywhere. Yeah, I mean, he's. Pointing out the the loss there, but his seems like his bigger gripe is that she's not doing country music exclusively anymore. Um, <laughs> just uh, interestingly, uh, so it's again, like a soft jab at her. She endorsed the opponent of Marsha Blackburn, right. and that that opponent lost. Right. So, uh, but she did endorse Biden in 2020. Right. And the bigger I, thing that she did is she got people to register to vote. Well, and it's right? uh, and this, that's, by the way, this election ain't gonna come down to. Um, who you convinced to vote for because everybody's made their opinion up of who they like and who it's they It's getting don't. people to the polls. It's getting people to the polls. It's all about turnout and she might be able to turn people out. Yep. Hey, this is Dana in Texas and Taylor Swift is a force to be reckoned with. Um, they may minimize her achievements and what she's done, but Taylor Swift has uh, from day one uh, blazed her own path and I'm excited that she's getting involved in politics because she can make a difference. It does take some time to gain followers in politics because it's a lot different from being in music, but the fact that she does have people in music is going to springboard her into politics in a way that she can maneuver and be in different spaces and cause some influences. So I think they're underestimating the power of what, what Taylor Swift has. Yeah, I mean, I think it's more complicated than that because, you know, again, 18% of the people said they're more likely to vote for the candidate she endorses. 70% say they're less likely to the, vote for the candidate she endorses. So who knows? <laughs> How's that for an end? <laughs> If you are a fan of Heidi Klum's, um, especially if you find her incredibly attractive, then you're gonna love what she is revealing here. If you're one of her four kids, you're probably mortified <laughs> because Heidi went on the Call Her Daddy podcast and talked about um, an embarrassing moment where <laughs> uh, her kids had to remind her, Mom, please put some clothes on. I try to be like that with my kids. Yeah. Obviously, when you know no one is there, I'm in my garden. Also, you know, I'm topless, and you know they will come. They're like, you know, my friend is coming over. Mom, put your top on. And I'm like, when have I ever not had a top on when your friend was coming over? Of course I will. But they always make sure, Mom. Just a little warning. What's gonna happen here? And I'm like, don't worry. I would have birthday parties at the house, or I'd have friends over, like my boyfriend over, 
and she tans topless by the pool. And I remember having like my girlfriends over and I'd be so embarrassed and like scared because usually in like, like my friends' families, like, you know, I never see their moms like tanning naked at the pool, but I thought it was normal. And my friends would always kind of be like, "Mm," like kind of standoffish, but it was just so normal in our family. Her boyfriend came over and sees Heidi Klum. No, 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 I think she said just a friend. Right? No, no, she I also, she she said, also boyfriend. said boyfriends, and I know I said this this uh, morning, but God, it would have been great to be her boyfriend or even her well, friend. hold on a second. If you were Lenny's boyfriend, you'd be really happy anyway. Uh, that was the woman who was speaking at the end there is her 19-year-old daughter, Lenny, who is also modeling now um, and is quite attractive herself. This is huh. the most shocking thing. I mean, obviously, she's... Uh, from Germany, I believe. So it's a very European thing to do. And also, like, if you look at her Instagram, like, she posts photos all the time where she's barely wearing any clothing or, like, you know, covering up, not yeah, fully Heidi nude. being naked is a, uh, is a thing. But a thing. it's not the most shocking thing. I think it's just shocking when you hear about, like, her daughter's friends coming over and that's, that's you know, the she's, part. she's no, that's basically the part. topless next to the pool. Well, you know what? Hold on a second. I got to defend Heidi. That's oh, on not- Lenny and the rest of her kids. They know that that's what mom is like. So you can't just walk in with your with your friends that's just the way it is you're in mom's house and these are mom's rules she's going to be topless and that's just the way it is so if you're going to bring friends in enter at your own peril <laughs> I, I, i'm with heidi on this one <laughs> i'm Dottie. i'm in san diego california and i agree you know when you're at home you're comfortable um she's so beautiful i could see her just walking around and her kids are like, wait, mom, I'm having company. Um, but I think it's just because she's comfortable with her skin. And that tends to happen. <laughs> Americans are so hung up about nudity. Right. It's, it's really weird that it's so different than, than Europe. Um, they got it right. <laughs> that, no, they really have it right. Amen, Harvey. They, they Preach, really man. have it right. Preach. <laughs> Shut up, Devin. <laughs> Preach. <laughs> Okay, we're going to move on. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> do we have to? All right, let's just move on. See? To, uh, to, See? <laughs> uh, Kanye West made a uh, surprise appearance last night in Florida on stage at Travis Scott's show. And, yeah, uh, luckily Travis did actually introduce him. Otherwise, you might not know who's the guy in the mask. Um, <laughs> Black Jason. He got, walked out on stage. Got a lot of applause. Got a lot of applause. Um, and, you know, and Travis said in his intro, said, this is the only guy who's stuck by me through everything, no Look matter at what. That venue, my God. His stage is also really cool. Like, he puts his stage in yeah, the center, no, and it's... I have yeah. not seen this video. That's... Where is that? It's in Orlando. It was in Orlando, and before Kanye took the stage, fans were chanting, Kanye, Kanye. And remember, it was just a couple months ago that we were talking about when Kanye was in Saudi Arabia and in Europe. We were thinking, huh, what's the reception going to be when he comes back to America after making so many awful remarks about Jewish people and going on a whole anti-Semitic brigade? What is the reception going to be from his fans? Here you have it. His fans love him and aren't leaving him anytime soon. So it just seems like he's back. Or you could argue, did he ever did really he ever go? leave like maybe he was staying now, out of the country the but. troublesome thing about this is not mm-hmm. the concert it's right. the airport that he flew into yes because this is, were, like, this is like and the horse he rode in on right because there were <laughs> images of him walking through the airport with that mask that on. would be terrifying i'm sorry me. that's just menacing you don't you're do wa- that especially in airport you're in the orlando airport where there are all kinds of kids who are going to go to disney world 
and they that's, arrive that's and then they're walking even, through. That's not even the issue. If you're getting on an airplane and you see some dude that's walking through the airport this way, it's really unsettling. Because TSA will make him take it off when he has to go through security, but after that, I guess he can wear it, right? If anyone was seen waiting at the gate in a Jason mask, they would be immediately taken to TSA, they'd be interrogated, yes. everyone would be freaking out. But since it's Kanye West, we all just shrug and think it's normal. I'm Rocky from Montgomery, Alabama, and Kanye is Kanye. Kanye's always gonna do what he wanna do. He's a Gemini, he wanna wear a mask, like what? Let him wear a mask, you know? That's Kanye. If he want to scare people, he feel like, you know what I'm saying, it's time for him to kill things, he's going to kill things. That's Kanye's opinion. So yeah. Kanye's Kanye. Hey, Jacob, you still there? Yes, sir. So here's my question. If you were on an airplane, and Kanye West were on an airplane, by the way, Jacob is Jewish. Yeah, um, I was going to say, the mask you is be the least of your... Would you be more scared with the mask on or when he takes it off and you realize it's Kanye? If Kanye asked who's Jewish on the plane, I would just deny the fact that I was Jewish and just kind of leave it at that, I think. Yeah, Wasserman is Swedish. Well, as the Kansas City Chiefs prepare for the Super Bowl uh, in 10 days or so, um, their fans are all baffled by a, a real tragedy that happened uh, to three of their fans. And really, the country is the baffled country by this. Is, yeah this uh, myst mysterious death of three Kansas City, Kansas City Chiefs fans. Um, they were watching a game in first week in January at their friend's home. Three of them, including Clayton McGinney, um, went into the backyard at some point and ended up freezing to death back there. The owner of the home, uh, Jordan Willis, didn't know what had happened. <laughs> um, told police he had no idea they were out there and some very mysterious things where he didn't respond to text messages for two days before the bodies were found. The mystery is um, still completely unsolved. But yesterday there was a, what we thought and hopefully is a break, uh, prosecutors uh, in that county met with the families of the deceased and hopefully gave them some answers. So joining us right now, uh, Tony Kagay is the attorney for Clayton McGinney's family. Uh, he was on that call with prosecutors, and he is joining us right now. Tony, welcome to TMZ Live. Hi, Tony. Thank you, guys. So, Tony, can we start with that phone call, that uh, the call yesterday? Why are prosecutors involved at this point? Because um, the police have said that there's no foul play. Right. And what was the nature of the discussion? Can you help us out with that? There's only so much, obviously, that I can uh, explain what I can tell you is that the reason the prosecutor's office is involved at an early stage in a case like this is because of the attention that the case has gotten. I mean, it's a, it's a mystery. It's a baffling mystery. It's very difficult to understand how three grown, healthy men could have frozen to death in the backyard, and then it takes two days for anyone to alert authorities. Um, so I think that because of the unusual aspects of the case and the reason that it's gotten so much nationwide attention, I think that's why the prosecutor's office was involved. And their involvement doesn't mean that they've reached a determination as to whether or not there was a crime that was committed. All that it means is that they are going to give it attention while that determination is made. Everybody thinks that it seems like the victims were incapacitated and that's how they froze to death. And that leads you to, well, were they under the influence of something? And then you see that the guy in the house has now, now gone to rehab. Yeah. So it feels like they're kind of 
circling that. Do I have that right? Well, I mean, uh, questions about the investigation itself would have to be referred to the Kansas City Police Department. The meeting with the prosecutor's office was really just an opportunity for the parents and the family members to ask some questions and to essentially vent some frustrations with the course of the investigation. And the prosecutor, I mean, we, Nancy, Clayton's mother, has utmost faith in the prosecutor's office and the police department. And what the prosecutor was relaying to them is that it's the early stages of the investigation. It's unclear if there was a criminal act, and that's what the police investigate for, is to determine did a crime occur and who was responsible for the criminal behavior. Tony, did the prosecutors give you any timeline on when the toxicology may be back so that, and police have said that, again, the, for those are the police to this point have said there's no sign of foul play. As for a cause of death, they're saying we won't know until we get toxicology. Did you get any idea of a timeline for that? When they indicate there's no sign of foul play, that means there's none of the classical signs of a violent death, right? There's no lacerations, there's no gunshot wounds, there's no obvious signs of trauma to the body. So it doesn't necessarily mean that there wasn't a crime that occurred or that there was someone who was responsible for that. Um, as far as the toxicology report, it, it is my belief that later today a press release will be made by Kansas City Police or by the Platte County Prosecutor's Office uh, regarding the toxicology report. It is my understanding that it has been completed at this time. Oh, wow. So that's a huge development. Yes. So when you say the early stages, the linchpin to all of this feels like the toxicology report is the center of it all, it feels. So it, it, it feels like this is more than just early stages. I'm assuming that when the prosecutors talked to you guys yesterday, they knew the results of this. Can you at least tell us that without, I, I, clearly you don't want to reveal what, what they're going to reveal, but did they explain to the family what they found in the toxicology report? To the best of my knowledge, yesterday the results of the report were not known. So they didn't mention it? They mentioned it, but only indicating that it was still being processed by the lab. Are you personally aware of what the results are? You don't have to tell us, obviously, but are you aware now? In a generic sort of way. I, I You know, those reports are very technical, detailed documents, so I've not seen the document itself. Um, I am aware in, in very kind of broad terms of the substances, if any, that were discovered from the report or from the analysis. Based on what you know about the toxicology report, does that illuminate, at least in part, what happened here? I mean, I think it, yeah, absolutely. Um, the results of that report, whatever it showed, was going to give us some additional context to what happened. But unfortunately, it doesn't provide some really important answers to some very serious questions. Yeah, get it. All right. Tony, thank you. Tony, thank you Really so much. appreciate it. Thank you so much for, for jumping on with us. Our best to the family. Yes. What they're going through is gotta be. Thank good. you. Thank you very much, Harvey and Charles. All right, really appreciate it. it it's horrible, but yeah. um, I think yeah, I'm good kind to know of getting, that they, that the painting a picture here. Yeah, All right. uh, we're taking a break. All right, when we come back, Usher is speaking out uh, about Beyonce and the story that he told last year about babysitting her. Some more details here. How in the world did this happen? Usher is now opening up about his, seems like it was a one day babysitting job, uh, but he's gonna explain when we come back.
Welcome back to TMZ Live, Mr. Super Bowl Halftime. Usher was sitting down with uh, Shannon Sharp, uh, former Super Bowl star himself. Boy, this is going to be a tough act to follow with Cat Williams. After Cat Williams. 57 million people. Well, I think Usher came with a story that will uh, get <laughs> plenty of attention. So last year, Usher sort of dropped a little anecdote about mentioning that he had been a babysitter for Beyonce at some point and didn't really give any other detail. Well, uh, Shannon got more out of him and turns out this was, um, this was connected to the music industry and basically Usher, who wasn't at the time that much older than Beyonce, like I think he's three, three years. years older. Yeah. Yeah. Four, Usher's 45, Beyonce's 42, only well, there three you years. Go. So uh, take you back to uh, when uh, Beyonce was like 11 or 12 and here's how Usher ended up being the man in charge. I read that you were Beyonce's nanny. Were you Beyonce's nanny? First of all, how can I be a nanny? I'd be a manny. Man, I love you. You know what I mean. No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be Beyonce's nanny. Nah. Um, Daryl Simmons, uh, he had a group by the name of the Dolls. Okay. And they came to Atlanta for the first time. This is when this is before Destiny's Child became Destiny's okay. Child. And um, I think I looked over them while they were doing something in the house. I had to watch them because I was like the you know, you. the authority, because I guess I was the, the teenager right. at the time. But no, nah, I wasn't a nanny, you know what I'm saying? No. But you were just overseeing them, making sure they ain't breaking Making nothing. certain that they didn't, you know, that they didn't get in no trouble in the house at the time. So he was, yeah, so Usher would have been like 16 years old. Um, I guess you're gonna, I totally 16 years old, babe, but that's totally makes sense. And so these, uh, so the, the singing group is there. And yeah, the internet's trying to make this, you know, weird. They're getting a kick out of it. But I think it really shows, you know, the groundwork and the framework that you have to do to become a superstar that, you know, Wait, you have to be a Manny? To Super Bowl. Yeah, you, no, you gotta no, do whatever, no, you gotta do whatever, no, no, whatever no, is nothing, required. Nothing if the producer, the no, if the producer says, you gotta watch these kids, you watch these kids, right? Well, I mean, well, I mean you're, you're hanging around potential superstar talent, so... You know, the babysitting, you know, that comes with, with the territory, <laughs> I guess. But at the same time, it, it shows that, you know, these stars didn't come out of nowhere. You wait, know, wait, wait, were, wait, 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 wait. Did I get this wrong? Did he say that he was doing this before Destiny's Child? Yes. Became... Absolutely. No. Wait, wait, wait. Yes. No, because Blue Ivy was the, is the oldest. What are you talking about? Blue Ivy is Beyonce's daughter. You are having a moment, man. I just had you a moment. You are having okay. a moment. Can we erase, can we erase <laughs> no, this? No, we cannot. Can we do the Etch-a-Sketch thing where we can shake the Etch-a-Sketch? Wow. Generations just all coming together I'm in Harvey's head. I'm shutting up right now, folks. <laughs> hey, how you doing, man? B. Carter from the suburbs of Chicago, Illinois. And, uh, you know, that's quite the story, man, seeing that uh, Usher was Beyonce's babysitter at one point in time, man. And I, I take it he must have been a real cool babysitter. Maybe let her stay up past the bedtime and stuff. <laughs> you know, you fast forward it to today. Fast forward it to today. You see that uh, her husband gave him the opportunity to perform at the Super Bowl. First that's Super true. Bowl, where we talking about? What we talking about? Oh, two musicians, true. and we're not even talking about the teams. You God, know, you're right. It's yeah, about, it's about Usher and Taylor Swift. How much you make? Did he say? <laughs> no, did he say how much you? Make? I don't think he got paid. I think this was he got your paid an experience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're in our studio. Uh, we're gonna record with you. Okay, that's what you. your payment is. That is pretty cool, though. That they are now. They will both have performed at, at the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl twice each. Oh, Beyonce's God, you're done right. It twice, and this will be second time Usher is huh. doing it. So, okay, pretty cool. I, we got to move on because I got to get past what I just did. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, today is uh, the first day of Black History Month and it has gotten off to a very rough start at Target. 
um, where a, um, a TikTok user uh, took notice of a book that was being sold there that was intended to celebrate uh, some great black Americans. Uh, it is a magnet, a children's book um, with magnets, uh, images of great civil rights leaders, but some of the magnets had the wrong name on the wrong picture. They mislabeled oh. these greats, uh, according to this TikTok user. Watch this. It is, everyone is baffled at how they could have made, possibly made such a big mistake. I don't know who's in charge of Target, but these need to be pulled off the shelves like immediately. For starters, this is not Carter G. Woodson. This is WB Du Bois. Peep the stash, peep the stash. They got the name wrong. This is not W.E.B. Du Bois. This is Booker T. Washington. Peep the little fancy bow tie. Peep the fancy little boy bow tie. And then this is not Booker T. Washington. This is Carter Woodson. You can see clearly, clearly the similarities. I get it. Mistakes happen. But this needs to be corrected. Oh, my God. So we four, should say it's, it's, not, just it's not really Target's fault. Target didn't make them. No, no, no. But it's riddled with errors. Yeah, yeah, but I was going to say people online are actually defending Target to a, to a T because they're saying that they didn't create the book. They're not the publishers. They're not the authors. They just right. have it on them on their shelves. But then on the other side, people are saying that Target should have had someone proofread what, there's, what, what is going on their shelves. So they are still Maybe, to blame for not proofreading it and just putting it on their, on yeah, their shelves. Yeah, but, but, but you know, how many items do they have where they it's really hard to QC, you know, hundreds of thousands of items in a store. Well, right. Target acted pretty swiftly. They put out a statement saying that we will no longer be selling this product in our stores or online. We've also ensured that the product's publisher is aware of the errors. So it seems like the once they were made it. aware, yeah. they took it off the shelves. They made the publishers aware of what was going on. And honestly, what more can you expect for them to do? They acted very swiftly. It seems like they, it was a genuine mistake, which yeah. the TikToker does acknowledge that mistakes do happen, but you have to rectify it. And Target did just that. They rectified the situation pretty quickly. Hey, yeah, uh, my name's Carr. I'm in Brooklyn. Um, and are, are we sure that this wasn't, like, a test to see who's actually reading? No, I <laughs> Yeah, we're right. guessing no. Wouldn't that be, Target comes out and says, yeah, this is exactly what we wanted to do. Uh, no, that is uh, not what happened. All right, we have an incredible success story. Um, we and, do. And one that uh, I'm proud to say that we were kind of on the ground floor uh, when it got started. Daniel Pewter, a former MMA fighter years ago, we uh, did a lot of stories with him when he was when helping he was, kids. When, when he had platinum hair. He had, <laughs> he had yes, much more blonde hair. <laughs> but he was, uh, he was really reaching out to help kids that were victims of bullying. Well. From that work, it has gone forward, and he decided that he wanted to open um, some alternative uh, prep academies for students, partially to help students who are dealing with bullying, but just to uh, offer different alternatives for uh, the learning system. And he has been very successful in that, and now he has a new partner. Daniel has teamed up with Mike Tyson, and they actually had a ribbon cutting for a new school part of Daniel's My Life, My Power Academies that he now has across the country. This one is in Maricopa County in Arizona, and they are joining us, Mike and Daniel, from the ribbon cutting right now. Uh, Mike, Daniel, welcome to TMZ Live. Doing, Good guys? to see you guys again. And I see you got company. Oh, wow. 
That is awesome. I, I, we can assume those are uh, some of your students, Mike. Is that, uh, is that correct? Yeah, we're dealing with here, right? This is really awesome. So tell us about the ribbon cutting and what, uh, what the school is going to be offering for students. I know it's uh, grades 6 through 12, uh, but tell us how this school is different. So we work with life skills. We teach kids real life uh, with financial literacy to resume building, all the things that are needed. Uh, and bringing Mike on, we've... We want to we want to attract kids to a school where kids want to learn. So he's the biggest brand in the world, and we're going to educate the world, baby. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's that's the goal. Is we we not only do six through twelfth grade, but um, we have uh, Tom Horn here, superintendent of of, of uh, public instruction in Arizona, uh, past governor Ducey. Like people here want to transform lives, and that's what our goal is. We have serious people here. Um, <laughs> well, I neglected to say in the intro, the name of this new school is Tyson's Transformational Technologies Academy. So, uh, as you say, you are transforming lives. Um, how, how did this um, how did well, come together? I, I, I want us to say something, and, and I, I so mean this from my heart. I have been communicating with Daniel over the years since he started this, and there are so many people who do something, they get some press attention for it, and then, they, and then they just move on. He has been so committed to this and has done so much good. Um, this guy is amazing. Daniel Pewter is amazing. I just wanted to say that. So how do you guys team up, Mike Tyson and Daniel Pewter? So through friends. Uh, Tom Patty, one of Mike's friends, we connected. My thing was is, Harvey, you put me on in, on TMZ and in the first Eight weeks, we had over 10,000 emails from 12 countries of kids that were being bullied, kids that needed protection. And I started going to schools, Los Angeles Schools Police Department. And we're at the point where now we have investors, we have family offices, we have over 1,300 kids, we've graduated over 1,000, we have uh, 11 campuses. But I need the biggest brands in the world, like Mike. The, he's the biggest brand there is. I've been called worse. <laughs> to be able to inspire kids. Like, who doesn't want to go to Mike Tyson's Academy when you see that on a resume going to college? People are going to be like, say what? He, he, like, you went where? Yeah, you, put muscles on the brain, baby. <laughs> your muscles on the brain. This is, uh, we should just, so people know what you've done here, Daniel. So you started uh, your academies back in 2018. You have... Two in Florida, one in West Virginia, and now you and Mike have teamed up uh, for the Transformational Technologies Academy there. Obviously, it sounds like you it's been successful. Uh, plans to expand in, in any other states? Yeah, we're in three states right now, Florida, West Virginia. Oh, and Harvey, this is my little son, by the way. He's three now. Uh, oh. So we're in three states, Arizona, and we're just going to continue to grow. Uh, the goal is we'd love to have. I mean, I'd love to do 100 schools with Mike. We'll see where where he, he, he you know he, he he lets me you know grow. But we're gonna build a thousand schools in the next 10 years, and we're gonna educate the world, baby. I'm telling you, I think I'm. Pretty. Yeah, we're we're gonna move <laughs> anyway. Anywhere where people want, we'd love to come and transform lives. Now, Hall, can you believe I'm educating the world? I do. Believe, are you kidding me? <laughs> Mike? I can't it. All sorts of lessons to be taught. But and, right. Um, I, I got to say, the kids behind you guys, you guys are really lucky because these two are awesome what they're doing for you guys. So congratulations, congratulations to everybody. Everyone there. involved in this uh, project. Thank you, guys. I appreciate everything you do for us. Thank you, Mike Tyson. Thank you, students. Appreciate you guys. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Wow. Yeah. Okay, guys, good luck to you. I got to tell you, stuff like that.
when you think back to like the first story we did with Daniel, I know helping a kid who was being helping one kid, but that he was being followed delayed. through and persisted. Yeah, and look what he did. This is fantastic. Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas have both moved on to new relationships, but some fans seem to not be giving Sophie a very fair shake here. We told you that she's got a new boyfriend, this guy named Perry Pearson. He is a British socialite. How do you get that job? Socialite? Yeah. Uh, you come from a lot of money. Ah. But, uh, and they are spending that money on a fabulous vacation. So Sophie, you know, posted, and Perry posted some photos of their ski trip. And she put on, put on the caption, Jaeger bomb anyone? And that combined with the photos of her and Perry out partying with friends, she got a bunch of comments basically saying, where are your children? Oh God. Uh, how come you're not taking care of your kids? You've abandoned your kid. Like, so for, for all the people who like are parents sitting- parents aren't allowed to- <laughs> For all the people sitting in their basement who are just looking to see, we'll trash them, we'll trash them, we'll trash them. You should think about getting a life. Yeah, I mean, uh, and by the way, we should say, God. The, the, that's the bad side of social media. The good side is that there are a lot of fans who are actually going back and forth with those people saying, back off. It's like, they, um, they, it's just ignore They them. both move on, they've got to, you know, they have the right to go on vacation. And celebrities should not read these comments. Yes, don't. Don't read the comments. <laughs> okay, um, it is that time of the week. Yes. Wow, your favorite time of the week. <laughs> Tim is here with his rejects. What do you got, Tim? All right, so usually when you go surfing, you catch a wave, and then once you're done catching the wave, if you want to catch another wave, you have to paddle back out, and it's a whole... That sounds process. right. That sounds right. right. Yeah. Right. It's mm -hmm. tiring. Well, that checks out. what happens if there's a vortex in the water? You can just what? jump... Oh onto the wave like this what guy. The heck? Um, it's in Hawaii, um, a little water vortex, and it's kind of like one of those wave pools, essentially. Wait, what? I don't understand what, what's so happening this, here. This is like an amusement type thing. It's not like a natural thing. There's water thing, rushing right? out. No, there's wa to the water ocean. rushing out to the ocean from a bay in Hawaii, and they're surfing it, so they don't have to keep paddling out. Why is the water rushing? So uh, that's what we're this trying to understand. This seems like something is not. Happening the well, way no, it no. should. That's what I'm saying. Is it natural or is this like an amusement thing that's man-made? Or is it just because of a storm? Do you have any answers, Tim? No. I don't have any answers. Then move on. Okay. The move on, Tim. Move uh, on. All right, so uh, if you don't want to go kayaking or whitewater rafting, um, you want something a little more adventurous, check out this. This guy is going snowmobiling on the river. Um, uh, cruising that does along not look there. safe. That um, is not safe. Do not do that, anybody. It's uh, pretty fun. Um, you know, yeah, until he hits a rock. What well, the... I mean, By the way, if, if, if home, anybody but... does try that, I have the name of a great <laughs> surgeon. Because <laughs> you're gonna need them. Uh, wow. Okay, last one, Tim. Okay, have you guys tried the VR headsets? I have not. No. No? no? Okay, well, be very careful. So uh, this woman put on a VR headset. Oh, got it to no! <laughs> she actually <laughs> shattered the oven. Please tell there. me. I hope she's so, okay. So, oh, my God. I feel like I'm laughing. She seems to be okay, but you're going to have to uh, fix the glass there on the wall. So. Oh man! Yeah, oh my God! Yeah. I'm so sorry. This yeah. is terrible. She's okay. Yeah, she's she is okay. okay. Yeah. All right. She's okay, we, like we, that cow was that you showed us last <laughs> week. <laughs> right. Right. Woo. right. All right. Thanks, Thanks Tim. Tim. Let's go, Tim. You saved it with that last one. You definitely <laughs> saved it with the last one. Oh my God.
Got some cool shots to show you here of Leo DiCaprio's latest movie and who he is uh, filming with. Seems like from what we can figure out in the uh, the scene that they're shooting, this is in a diner in uh, Northern California. In Eureka. Uh, and by the way, there there are other people, like customers, we're told that are in other part in another part of the diner while this filming is going on. So they're maybe they're using the natural sound, but. He and Regina Hall appear to be um, love interests in this film. We don't know a lot about the plot. Um, there's a couple of things online, but it's just little nuggets. Can I just tell but you But it something? is a Paul Thomas Anderson film, so you know it's gonna be interesting. Can I tell you why this just so takes me back? Eureka, yeah. Eureka, Eureka. it's in Eureka, It's on California. the way to it's on the Camp way to, Shasta. I worked at Camp Shasta for years, <laughs> which is up in Northern California. And I have such fond memories of this. So shout out to K K K Camp Shasta is what we used to call it. K K Camp Shasta, K K Camp Shasta. You're the only K K K Camp for me. We gotta go. We will see you tomorrow. <laughs>